0: The elections date is getting closer and many people still didn't made up their mind about who to vote for. This podcast is a new way to get the feel for the candidates and pick their brains. My guest today is Kate Tate, who is running for city council. Her background is science and mathematics. She's running for office because she believes she can do the job well, and she's accessible for people as a public servant should. Let's get to know her. Hey Kate. What would you wish to accomplish if you get elected?
1: I don't think I have an agenda in a traditional way. I think that the magic of a nice city council is that there's seven seats. So there's a mayor and six councillors and each person has a vote. And what I like about that system is that there's an opportunity, hopefully, for all citizens, all the residents, all the voters, to feel as though they are reflected in the council and that there's someone that they can relate to that has similar experiences or similar challenges and that they feel represented. And so for me, I want to be able to represent people. And I think I'm the right kind of person to have on city council because I'm deeply invested in community. I'm motivated by a sense of service. And I believe that being on city council is a public service and that I would be a public servant. And I enjoy complex problems. Like, I really love that kind of stuff. I enjoy complicated scenarios and looking at challenges from lots of angles and balancing priorities and so i think it's appropriate for someone like me to be on city council and i'm willing to do the election component in order to do the job component and they're not the same the the campaigning and the I don't know, someone described it to me as like a side hustle, like you kind of have to hustle to get elected so that you can do the job. And I think the job part, I will really enjoy and be really good at. The campaign part is a bit more challenging. It's a different mindset.
0: So you can do the hustle part, but you'll be really good in the actual job. What is your feeling from meeting people?
1: When I meet people, and they meet me and they think, oh, that that Kate Tate, she, she represents me well, or she understands what I'm saying, or I trust her to be fair-minded in her approach, then that's a great place to land.
0: So when you're talking about representing the people, would would that apply to all people in Elson, or would it apply to specific group that you're more resonating with?
1: So I don't think any person could be connected to all of the groups, but I think that Every person has an interest in many groups. So for me, I have a young family, so I can relate to people who have kids, who are walking to school in the morning, who are experiencing the rising grocery bills. You know, I have a mortgage, so I can relate to all of that. I am involved in some of the sports groups through my kids. And now me, I'm playing soccer too. Since I turned 40, I started playing soccer, so I enjoy that a lot. Um, so I'm so involved in those groups, and I've been involved also in some of the arts groups, through my children and just through my own interests. And I'm a participant. I like going to shows at the Civic. I like going to shows at the Capitol. I like going to the market. So I I'm an average, I would say, Nelson citizen in many ways. Mm-hmm.
0: And you're also teaching at Salbury College, right?
1: Right. So yeah, I've been an instructor at Selkirk College. I've taught in the academic upgrading department. So that's high school courses for adult learners. And I love that job. It's such a great job. I haven't been instructing recently. Last year, I was the school chair for the School of the Arts. So school chair is like being the principal. It's a lot of administrative work. It's scheduling and hiring and helping with policy implementation, policy writing, learning outcomes, those sorts of things. And so that was really interesting to me because my background is math and science. And so I got to move over to the School of the Arts. And that school is the container for the ceramics program, blacksmithing, textiles, digital arts, music, development, digital fab. So that's really fabulous cultural pieces of Nelson. And they the people that come to take those programs, they want to be artists, and they're creative minded. And they're facing different challenges in the career, because a lot of them will end up being small business owners or independent consultants. And that's very different than any work that I've ever had. So it was really... Right. A big learning experience for me and just like such vibrant, vibrant young people, students and the instructors there in those schools, like the music instructors are just phenomenal masters. I, I mean, most of the instructors at Selkirk College, it's shocking how incredibly masterful they are in their field of study. And if you speak to anybody who's instructing at Selkirk College, you'd be like, oh my goodness, I can't believe how much you know about your subject, you are incredible. And that's true. So I find that very inspiring.
0: I love how you're so excited about what you do. So you see all kinds of people, what people say that they need, what are their concerns? What do you hear from people?
1: So it's a small city. And I have a lot of different varied interests and I meet a lot of different people. But it's interesting because I'll knock, I'll go down one block and I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know anybody on this block. This is amazing. I've met all new people, but maybe a friend of a friend, right? So it's a small town, but not so small. I was not surprised, but it's interesting to me that a lot of people are concerned about climate change. And that is on the forefront of their mind in terms of like how we move forward not only just as a small city, but like individually and as a global community, like it's really on people's minds. They see the changing weather patterns. They, this year has been really challenging with bears in Nelson, as we all know. And it's amazing that so many people are saying the same things. It's at the front of their mind. So I find that quite interesting because there's like a community will and motivation in one direction. Right. So that's quite interesting. It doesn't happen very often where a lot of people are all talking about the same thing.
0: Yeah. And what is your take about climate change? What is your perspective about what the city needs to do and what's the problems we are facing?
1: Well, municipally, we have limitations on what we can do. I think I'm I've read the Nelson Next Plan. Okay, that's and good. And I think that yeah, I think that gives a really it's huge. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody can see us, but uh, Yael yeah. just lifted her hands up to show how thick of a report it is. Yeah. It's like hundreds of pages and, but it's beautiful. It's like, even just the graphic design is beautiful. And I love the way that the goals are laid out and they're described as aspirations, mm-hmm. which makes it more, It doesn't make it more achievable. It actually makes it less achievable in many ways because it's an aspiration, Mm -hmm. but it's more realistic. And then there's a lot of strategies within each aspiration or tactics of like, here's little tiny things that we can do to move toward this aspiration. So I love that the city has already adopted the Nelson Next Plan. And the reason for that is once it's within policy, it's already adopted by the city. Now we can use that as a lens for decision-making. So whenever something comes up at the table, you can say, okay, well, how does this play into our planning in terms of addressing some small aspiration to make change toward mitigating the challenges of climate change? Um, as a small municipality, there's only so much we can do, but we can model good behavior, we can model good policy, we can model good decision-making for other municipalities and say, hey, like, look, we can we can do this, you know? Um, we want to look at resilience in terms of our infrastructure. So if we're going to be facing weather events, let's say a big rainstorm, we want to ensure or plan for being able to mitigate a big rainstorm. So do we have the drain pipes? Do we have the proper sewer system so that we can mitigate for damage. When you talk about resilience for a small community like this, we're looking at okay, we're going to be maybe encountering some wildfire events. And so, what does that look like from a municipal standpoint and how we can mitigate for that? So, it would mean collaboration and connection with regional partners and private landowners because the city boundary is the city boundary. We can't do anything beyond that, but we can model, collaborate and just be positive and optimistic and innovative in our thinking. We have to be forward thinking, but it's, it's tricky. It's not easy. These are complex issues.
0: Please share this podcast on social media and messaging apps. This selection will influence how much taxes we pay and what they're used for. It will determine how we deal with the housing crisis, environmental emergencies, and support lower income families. The link is nelson2022.ca. Please share it now and come back for the rest of the conversation. So let's talk about complex issues. What do you like about that?
1: I just finished my master's in mathematics and it's called a master's in mathematics for teachers. So it's a course-based master's, not a thesis-based master's. And some of the courses are literally problem solving. And so I have this formal training in problem solving and how to tackle things that are complicated and have unexpected, let's say, hiccups, unexpected little difficulties that you you think you're on the right path and then you encounter this particular instance where like, oh, wait a second, that didn't work anymore. Sorry, stupid question, but mathematics for me is numbers.
0: Are you talking about the philosophical part of the mathematics or the numbers?
1: Well, sometimes there are numbers, numbers are involved. If you're thinking of arithmetic, so arithmetic is a branch of mathematics where you do like adding and subtracting and multiplying and dividing. Right. But another say branch of mathematics is geometry and geometry is idealized figures. There is no such thing as a perfect square You can't hold a square in your hand. There is no such thing as a four-sided figure with 90 degree angles that is perfect like that. Mm. But we can pretend in our minds and maybe like on paper and say, okay, what would happen if we take this geometric idealized figure, like a triangle or a circle or a square and play with it and overlap it and stretch Mm -hmm. it and all those sorts of things. So those kinds of... Uh, mathematical playgrounds are where problem solving comes in and we have to stretch our mind and look at something from another angle or Mm. another tactic
0: right okay stretching our mind and thinking outside of the box Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: yeah or breaking down the problem into manageable pieces and solving just one little section of it or solving a simpler version of the same problem. And that's what modeling is. And that's what problem solving is. You, you have like a toolbox of ways to untangle the problem or simplify the problem and then build in the more complexity to be like, well, you know, we have to add this factor and that factor. And I find it fascinating. It's very satisfying for me.
0: And it's connects somehow to bias, right? Because bias is when you're kind of stuck on one idea. This is what I, I believe to be. And you have to kind of challenge your beliefs.
1: Yes, that's an interesting way of thinking of it. So you're mathematical too, Yael, because you care very much about untangling bias and seeing why people are coming from it from a certain angle and not able maybe to see from the other angle or from the other side of the argument or maybe halfway in between the two arguments so yes it is because often a mathematician will approach a problem with a particular bias they're like well i'm going to solve it with this theory and then another mathematician will come into the room and say oh did you consider using this theory and then the whole thing blows up and everyone's very excited
0: (laughs) (laughs) right so if it's not connected to our kind of bias that's related to our identity it's exciting. And when it's starting to connect to identities, you know, and what does it mean about yeah. me and about my job? That's a,
1: that's an interesting way of thinking of it. I hadn't considered it from the identity perspective. Yeah. From the identity perspective or from your experience or from your expertise, right? So, you know, certain people will tackle a problem from a climate change perspective, and that's great. And maybe somebody else will tackle a problem from an economics perspective. And maybe somebody else will tackle a problem from a, a social justice perspective. And this brings us back to our original point, which is we have seven people at the council table. Yeah. And that's hopefully seven ideas and seven ways of knowing and seven ways of being and seven life experiences. And we want the people of Nelson to feel reflected at that table and to feel that their voice can be heard. Yeah. And we're not ever going to please all the people with each decision that we make. That's not possible, but hopefully there's opportunity for open communication and simple shifts, simple shifts.
0: So ideally, it's happened that people are open and not biased and are open to communicate. But more often, it happens that people are biased and eh, not willing to stretch their mind as mathematicians. So I wonder, how do you solve conflict? And how do you approach that?
1: Um, I believe in relationships. So I've had some opportunities in my work and in my board experiences, on committees, on teams, even in my own family. I've had experience with conflict. Hopefully most people have. And I believe that a relationship, a pre-existing relationship, hopefully sometimes, can help each other understand a way through. I've been emailing and meeting with the other candidates and the incumbent counsellors and because I believe that a relationship will matter if I get elected then I'm going to be working with some of the people if I don't get elected then hopefully they've met me now and they realize oh Kate's Kate's on board too you know Kate's interested in community Kate's interested in service and somebody asked me why are you going to so much effort and meeting all the people you're so busy right now you have your job you have your family you have this campaign why are you meeting the other candidates and It's because I believe in relationships, because we have to be able to meet one another and know one another and listen to one another and understand uh, partially, at least, where the other person's coming from and what motivates them. And that way we can have productive discourse.
0: So you've mentioned being connected to communities through kids and family. And you do have five amazing kids and your divorce are one of the most inspiring breakups I ever seen. So I wonder what from that kind of skill that you've mastered, you can link and take to politics.
1: I'm not sure. So this is my first foray into politics, so I'm not sure. Um, I think it's just another step of life experience. Maybe some people have traveled a lot and... For those who have traveled a lot, they they carry that with them. Maybe some people know a number of languages. And for those who know a number of languages, they carry that with them. And it becomes a piece of how they face the world and a piece of how they interact with the world and and other people. And so I suppose I interact with the world as a person who has five children.
0: So as a mother of five, how do you interact differently with the world?
1: I think empathy because what it has taught me is that people have their own innate sense of being, sense of self and perspective on the world. Maybe it's, you would call it maybe like their temperament might be one way to think of it, but some people like spicy food. Some people do. They like it on their tongue. They like it in their throat. They like it in their stomach and it is what it is. And some people don't. Some people do not like spicy food. They don't like it on their tongue. They don't like the way it smells. And that's just who they are. And I think when one thing for me, I have learned from having children is that people are people, they are who they are, and that's okay. And the spicy food is just an easy example of that.
0: Yeah, it's a personal growth experience to realize that people are people and that's okay. And especially our kids that are different than us, as much as we want them to be like us, they're different beings. And Jesse Woodward was talking about that he wished that people will see the value of coming together in COVID time and how much it was challenging to realize that not everyone thinks the same. And that's also okay. There is also beauty in that.
1: I have been lucky in having five kids because it has given me more empathy and more capacity to understand adults because the children are so different and they just are, and you love them so deeply and so intimately, and you see their differences and realize that it is who they are, how they are wired, part of their temperament, part of their character, whatever the case may be, whatever language you have for that. And it happens to also be true with adults, with your neighbors, with the voters, with the citizens, that they're independently wired and have individual experiences and likes and dislikes. So I now have capacity to understand that better. And um, it's important to me to be available. You know, one of my keywords on my platform is accessible. I want to be approachable and accessible. And I have made, and I will continue to make the effort to reach out to groups. And I hope that they find me to be accessible to reach out to me because communication is two-way.
0: Yeah. Have you find as a citizen yourself that the city council and the mayor are accessible? Is it something that you bring because it is missing or is it something that you bring because this is who you are or both? I think
1: I think both. Yeah, that's a great question. I think both. I think what I'm hearing from people is that they feel disconnected from city council now. I don't think that's intentional. I think that's maybe where we are as a society. We're moving away from everybody read the newspaper and everybody listens to the radio in the morning to some people are on social media. Some people get their news from these different apps. And it's a bit of a growing pains for city council and government to find ways to reach people um, more holistically, like more the entire group, because, you know, maybe in the past um, a forum would have been sufficient to get enough people present and enough people listening and feeling heard. And now we just have to be more innovative and we maybe need to have more ways in order to reach more people. And there, and i say it again, there's some complexity there. It's not, there's no simple answer to that. It's not just, oh, we should put it in the newspaper and then everybody will know. No. no. It doesn't work like that. Hence we have you know, Yael's podcast, and we have Instagram, and we have the newspaper, and we have CUNY radio, and we have these forums coming up for the candidates. And so I think that overall, the community is trying to access the candidates in this case. And I think the candidates are generally trying to access the community. And it's just growing pains of learning how to do that now in our really differently connected world than we were 50 years ago.
0: Okay, So somebody, I won't mention names, say that if you want some, something to be done, give it to a busy person. You know who we're talking about.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. It's true. Yeah. So people have said that to me. Kate, how can you be on city council? You have so much to do. And the truth is, if you want something done, ask a busy person. That's a normal thing that we've said. It's like a maybe a North American proverb <laughs> you could say. <laughs> I think I've built a reputation in my work, in my volunteering, of being trustworthy and engaged. I'm responsive. I don't let you down. And I take pride in responding to people and to following through on my commitments.
0: Thank you for listening. My name is Yael Feiner, and this was Kate Tate. Next, we're going to talk with Leslie Payne, who is running for city council. I have not been a father, I'm a mother. So once I gave birth to my children, it was very, very clear to me that I am responsible. It's not a choice for me. I am responsible to do everything I can to keep them and their children and their children's children safe. We're the only generation who's not passing on a better world. It makes me sad to say that, but it means that until my last breath, I'll be doing everything I can to
1: change that trajectory.
0: Please subscribe to this podcast and listen to the other candidates. See you next time.